find your forte. Live your forte. Welcome to another episode of Finding Your Forte, you're with Seeps And today I've got another special guest who will be, you know, talking about Not only what they're doing at the moment, but their journey so far in trying to find their forte Now just to give you a bit of insight in terms of what Finding Your Forte is about Finding Your Forte is ultimately sitting down with people who've got business skills and talents Or maybe just on their journey of finding their forte And discovering those lessons they've had in between but also exploring their opinions on the different aspects of their personal development as well. But let me introduce you to our special guest today, and it is Avenz. Avenz is someone that I've known for almost, I think, eight years now. Um, we've gone to college together, university together. You know, he's someone who majors within writing, within journalism, particularly sports journalism, but isn't just stuck to sports journalism itself, but... Without further ado, let me introduce myself and let me introduce our guest, Avenz. What's going on, man? Salutations, everyone. How you, bro? I'm not too bad, man. I'm not too bad. So what's new in the life of Avenz? Um, well, there's a lot of things new right now, but um, one notable thing is just trying to get my head right, you know. Like, I've spent, like, a couple of weeks now just doing a lot of research, a lot of brainstorming, talking to a lot of people, just so, you know, I can get a proper idea of where I want to be like so what does that mean is it where do you want to be is that like like where I can take okay obviously my craft is writing so I was just doing a lot of research on where and how I can take that to next levels and how I can plan for for future levels so like just building a foundation for myself so what have you been doing to kind of cultivate your language or your writing skills should I say um one thing is just improving my my own personal life like I mean, obviously like just going to the gym, reading a lot, learning, picking up new skills. But as in in regards to improving my writing, I've been just conversating with other creatives, trying to do some collaborations, working with other people. Let's say, I don't know, I think I, I know a singer who, like, I was interested in doing the songwriting, like, just trying it out, see if I, I'll be good at it. So we've just, we just been talking, conversing, seeing how, like, you know, how, how I would go about doing it. And, um, yeah, just things like that, you know. Um, just trying to just better myself and put myself in a more better place so I can excel and just take my writing to the next level. Alright, so you're touching a lot of things there and I think the one thing that I really want to explore is kind of this love for writing because it seems like from the time that I've known you that you've always kind of had this wordsmith presence about you, this wordsmith talent about you. So what was it that really inspired this this desire to be a writer and to particularly in journalism because i think it's been more writing now but i think when a few years ago it was more journalism for you so what was it that kind of wanted you to take down that path um it stems really deep back back into uh when i was in secondary school to be honest i never really wanted to be a writer until i don't know like properly until like secondary uni but i really wanted to be a footballer because I had obviously like this dream of like, you know, just trying to just save Africa. Like I thought I can be like, when I was younger, I thought I can be here and just save Africa, like be a footballer because I had the means to actually go there, provide for them, like build schools, not give my money to charity, just go there and personally help make a difference in Africa. But obviously like certain circumstances happened injury wise, so I had to give that up. But um, as far as writing, when it came, I was, I mean, I was in, in secondary school, I was a bit of a troublemaker and I was in the bottom set of English. And um, it wasn't until one day where I got in trouble in that class. So they put me in the top set class just to like, for, for them to babysit me. But that's when I started to like English because there was a teacher there that really made a difference in my life. And then she showed me how, that I was actually quite good at being at English. So the next year they moved me up a set then the following year, they moved me up to the top set, and that's where I really thrived and got this, this, this sleeping passion for, for writing, which I, uh, you know, took it to the next, took it to the next level when I got to uni, because I did, I think I did, yeah, I did a film and TV, um, a film and TV course, um, in uni, but I really wanted to do a journalism course, but 
it was full up so i had to just make do but do you, do you kind of how do you feel about that decision because i think obviously journalism and film and tv studies as much as you can find an overlap i think your experience of it may have been different but how do you feel about it now in hindsight taking I, one over the other i mean at first i didn't i did not like it like i thought like i thought i was wasting my time I think in second year uni, I was contemplating actually dropping out of uni because it wasn't for me. I didn't really enjoy uni, but I think something during that second year, that dark second year, is when like a light just switched on in my head, and I thought, you know what, just take what you can from this, from this, from this degree, and do, and do your writing on the side, and you'll reap what you sow. And that's why I did. I used to, like on when I wasn't in lectures, when I wasn't. Um, doing my dissertation I was just writing and trying to just start my name like make sure my like just basically etch my name in the writing industry so um, I'll be writing articles I'll be making up like a little WordPress website just reading articles trying to just gauge in like different writing styles and that's how I formulated my, like my writing style then I took it to the next step then I was just writing for not not just my website but another, another website then Slowly, slowly, the passion came, and I found out this is what I wanted to do, and um, here I am now. You know, just still trying to. I haven't made it yet. I still got some ways to go, but um, I'm still trying to persevere and just make it in this writing world. You know. So what is it like? So you want to do writing, and you want to become a journalist. Um, what what challenges have you faced while trying to pursue this? Because it feels like. It's an industry that I remember having a conversation where I bumped into a sports journalist um, not too long ago, and we got into a long conversation from like Kenzel Rise all the way to Highbury when Arsenal got spanked by Barcelona. But that's just a different. Let's not talk about Arsenal. Yeah, let's not talk about it. But yeah, and funny enough, he was very candid and very um, honest about saying that, you know, for young black um, journalists, there isn't many opportunities, and he did wish that there were more opportunities. Um, he was somewhat positive in saying that you know there does seem to be an, an um, a grassroots level type of journalist coming about, which is translating into more of the mainstream journalism. But what's your experience been like trying to get those opportunities? Like what challenges have you faced, or what is it that you've kind of realized are like the unwritten rules of the industry? I mean, I face I face like many challenges when trying to establish myself in the writing. In in the journalism journalism world, because I went to I think a couple of years ago I went to a journalism workshop, and they were advocating that <clears throat> I do a journalism qualification because when applying for a job, and let's say they have two piles one like a pile for um, people that have qualification and power that for the people that don't have qualification, they will fire the people that don't have qualification and focus on people that have been qualified. So I was contemplating that, but then it comes with the the expensive you know, courses, like, I think one of them was, like, what, they're ranging from three to seven grand, and for someone like me, who, obviously, my family's not well off, so, like, it's hard for me to pay, pay that price, so I decided not to go down that road, I decided to just, just build a name, build a brand name, build something that people would know, would know, and then maybe I can, like, make it through that, that approach, through association, through the audience that I bring through my through my different writing style, and um, which brings me on to another challenge was how do I separate myself from the mold? Like, because if you think of, like journalism is a very competitive profession, like literally anyone, it's basically like anyone with a laptop can be a writer. So why am I different from that person? So this is why I focus a lot of my time on formulating my own writing style and how I portray certain newsworthy stuff what is your writing style like how would you describe it what are you doing to kind of make yourself stand out from this so-called mold and this so-called norm that you talk about the average the average writer what makes you or what makes your writing different um i've had i, I like i like to think that or oh, my aim is to make people think outside of the box like it's okay it's all and done with picking up a newspaper and reading like like a article and just see little facts and facts and facts and like just let you know like your generic information generic information but <clears throat> what I offer in my writing is a view from outside the box and I do that 
with different themes I go with, you know, like I add a creative aspect to it. Like let's say I will write, I think I, I'll write, a, let's say I'll write a post on um, a footballer. Like let's say, let's say it's uh, uh, Luis Suarez, you know, he's deemed as a, as a, an evil character or kind of say, or a bad boy in football. A villain? Yeah, a villain basically. And I wanted to offer like a, I put a spin on it and add, and I wrote, I wrote like an expose on him in him like where he's kind of like misunderstood and uh, I wrote that in kind of like a poetic piece which was really um taken in by it, especially because at the time when I wrote it, he was um, at Liverpool so certain Liverpool fans really liked it because it's a different approach they saw things differently um I would say like to answer your question I like to add like different elements to like a bit of alchemy I like to add like a creative piece with just your normal generic piece and mesh it together and create something different that the world has like readers have never seen haven't seen before or not used to seeing in a newspaper so um do you think that's kind of a niche way of writing i mean if you look at sports journalism in particular i mean a lot of it is quite short quite potent and even when you do get the kind of long pieces say from like your martin samuels and you know your patrick barclays and whatnot and your you know your sam wallace's even their more extensive pieces, they don't necessarily show their creative prowess. It's more so of just their analytical depth. So do you feel like you go into kind of down this journalism route and trying to mix this creative element with it? Granted, it's your style, but do you think there's something of swaying too far away from the standard itself? Yeah, I've had this issue before because obviously with the whole adding in the creative twist to it comes more mental blocks more writing blocks because you constantly you're trying to do something new like try to write something different and the when you get stuck on that mind frame of trying to do something different you get a mental block where I've nowadays I've learned to kind of like I don't know mix and match with how I portray like how I right basically like there will be times where I thought okay this is a this is an occasion where I can add a creative aspect to it or I can add a different spin on a certain situation whereas there'll be other times where you know what just keep it sweet and simple you know because I I, I want to branch I want to be kind of like accessible I mean I want I want different types of audience to read my work so they have something for the people that want a more analytical breakdown there's something for people that like their mind to be challenged them like want to see a different view or there's just people that just really just want to get just a, a small precise potent article about a certain situation do you think your audience are as smart as you think they are though do you think the reader is smart as you think they are this is not to necessarily discredit readers as such but the average reader so we're going to take the mass market for example do you think that they're smart or they have their desire to want to read that I mean, this. I mean, I'm always torn on on this on this topic because I like to give the readers the benefit of the doubt. I like to think that they would read, they would actually take it in in the I don't know with the purpose that I intended it to. Like they will take in like a creative piece, but on the other hand, like nowadays it's hard to. It's hard to it's hard to gauge the re- gauge the reader because everyone wants to read certain things in the smallest smallest amount of time in the smallest amount of information, and so it's hard. I mean, it's hard for me because yeah, there's not really reading is not really so such a big thing nowadays. I guess people like you know like, I don't know. I think it's things like Twitter where everything's done in like hundred and forty characters. Like that's what people are really used to. Imagine like you on Twitter, like how many times you you go on Twitter app every single day. So how many times like you, you your your mind is is fixed Just on consuming yeah that consuming kind of small yeah stuff. small small impactful stuff. So like that's one of the challenges that I also face as well. Just trying to get someone to click on the link and read an article. So that's why I've had to like, I've had to change the way I portray. It's not everyday put. A creative, creative, a creative piece on something. Sometimes just do a short, concise, analytical breakdown on a certain match or a certain player. Mm-hmm. So yeah. On the flip side, I guess you could say, 
should you go against the tide or with the tide? Now, you go with the tide, it's much more easier, which is, I, I presume, what a lot of people do. You know, they accommodate rather than being the change. And I feel like you do have this kind of aspiration of being the change. Yeah, I've always wanted to be the change. I've always wanted to be, because I always said, I, okay, it doesn't matter. I keep telling myself, it doesn't matter if only one person reads it. Because if that one person reads it and then they they get that different point of view from what I'm telling them, then I'm doing my job. And... um it's quite noble to think like yeah. that. I mean, and it's kind of like that two-pack thing, yeah. isn't it? You know, you may not be the person that changes generation, but you may be the one that yeah. sparks someone within a generation yeah. that makes a change. Like, you know, to, to I always thought I want I want to go against the tide, and although that's the more perilous path, but I always I always tell myself fortune favors the brave, and this is more reward. I thought when I write when I when I write something that's against the tide it's more rewarding not to say it's, I don't do it for shock value or for like um, clicks you know link clicks and stuff in it but um, I do it because it's more rewarding to give someone the opportunity to see another side to a story so um, I'm still an advocate of going against the tide but there are times where I have to ride I have to ride the tide you know take two steps back to go take one step back to go two steps forward and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah when do you feel like you've ever had to compromise yourself or have you ever felt like you've had to compromise yourself with your writing or with an opportunity that's been faced to you? Because I think where opportunities may be so far few in between in journalism, have you ever felt like you had to compromise yourself or someone's gave you a proposition where you've had to consider the the prospect of um, compromising? Yeah, I mean, I've had mentors in the past, one being yourself as well, who've told me that, you know, sometimes... I can be a bit too wordy or it could be like the my pieces are not really for the common reader so I have to like necessarily dumb it down I guess for the average reader how do you feel about compromise though? because at I the same time again if you're compromising for the common reader yeah. do you feel like you're compromising yourself or do you feel like a certain degree of compromise is necessary I mean, when I was when when I was first starting off, was um writing, it was a it was it was a criticism that I couldn't take. Like I couldn't take criticism to begin with. I think why criticize why criticizing my work? Why criticizing my work? Like why should I dumb it down? Why should why should why why can't they smart enough? Why can't they just read a book or something and learn? I mean, that was when I was younger, but now I've learned that that's just that's just an occupation that's what has to happen it comes with it it's a prerequisite that you have to like mold your, mold your writing to you have to you have to yeah compromise your writing on certain occasions so it's something it's a it's been a bitter pill to swallow but it's something that it's a necessary evil I guess in me that I have to do so I've more or less accepted it now that compromises are gonna be there, and especially when I when I start when I apply for jobs, and when I'm in like a, let's say, in a news outlet or something, like I'm gonna write pieces that the ed- my editor is not gonna like, so I'm gonna have to change it up or compromise or dumb it down or do whatever he's asked me to do. So it's just it's all about getting in that mind frame to compromise, and I think I feel like I'm in a stage where I can accept criticism, I can comp- I can make compromises for certain people. Mm. So like. Touching on something you you previously mentioned in regards to like mental blocks and writer blocks and whatnot, how do you overcome those? Because I think the what I think the hardest thing for probably a writer is to kind of overcome those 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 writers blocks. So, what is it that you do to overcome those? What's your what's your routine or your? Um, to be honest, it's that's been kind of like a cancer. Like mental blocks has been a cancer to me because. Like I'm a very sensitive person, so like when something doesn't go my way, it takes its toll on me longer than it should. It lingers in me longer than it should do. So when I get mental blocks and I'm and I just like nothing's just coming out, or I, like I'm I'm writing about something, but it's just like I feel like I'm just writing shit. I can swear, right? Yeah, of course. Cool. Oh yeah, I feel like I'm just writing shit. And I think why is this so hard? Why can't I? Why aren't the words form falling like they should do? And I get frustrated and I just don't touch it for several days or like then I lose like then I lose you know 
the ideas on that specific article so I have to start again with a different article because like sports is a it doesn't stop for you so you have to keep up with the tide um, sometimes you know? so um, yeah I used to be really bad at mental blocks but nowadays I just keep telling myself like even if it's sh- even if you're writing this shit like just write it and pull out it because someone out there at least like, there's, there's so many people in the world there's billions of people in the world someone out there will like it and if the, <clears throat> and if that one person likes it then I end up you're doing your job so just write it like force it out you know mental blocks is just like a figment of your ma- imagination like just keep writing keep writing I always tell myself just keep writing keep writing keep writing even if it's shit keep writing keep writing and even if you don't publish it keep writing keep writing even if you publish it and no one reads it keep writing keep writing you'll get right like you don't get you don't hit the jackpot all the time so yeah just keep writing I hear that I hear that so I mean it's 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 quite of a gem to say keep writing I think with a lot of people who I've spoken to are kind of in a similar professional um kind of in that creative space as well I think consistency is one thing that they try to blood themselves into in a sense where they need to get that consistency to a point where it almost becomes second nature to write where you're writing say in your case on the train on the bus at home you know you could be doing two things at once but then you're writing something down something else so anywhere but I think from knowing you personally I know there's been quite a lot of dark moments and by dark moments I think you even mentioned it as second year at uni as well I mean when we was in uni together there was a lot of ups and downs smiles and frowns I mean a lot of times where we may have not even seen each other and kind of just stayed in our in our uni rooms just mm-hmm. to go for our own personal dark spaces but you know in terms of where when you was in that space what was it that kind of was eating you away because I, I understand you mentioned the writer's block being like a cancer but how did that cancer kind of spread into other aspects to your mental state um do you know what it is I think I mean, okay, so I wrote a po- I wrote a, a, a kind of like a personal post on like not like not too long ago. It was I think it's it's on my website. It's called that letter to my younger self. So basically, in that letter, I was just writing about my journey up until that point and how I became me, how I got to the you know, and one thing that what's it called that one thing that really affected me in second year that spread the cancer was the fear of failure because obviously back in I think back in college when I was just fucking around and like and I just had my test results and I slid slid it slid slid the test results to my mum and she said that she was disappointed in me it's not something that I didn't want to go back to because that was a very no no child wants to hear that their mum is disappointed in them so so in second year of uni like I didn't want to go feel that feeling again so and like I just I didn't feel like there was any way out so like it was either I couldn't go left I couldn't go right I couldn't go forward I couldn't go backwards I was just stuck I felt like I felt I was stuck in limbo and um, I don't know what I don't know what day I don't know what just clicked in my mind and I just felt I just got out of it but I actually don't remember how I got out of that downward spiral, but I'm just grateful that I did get out of it because it really did stop the rut. Because at that time, the, like, let's say I would have dropped out of uni, and then what? Then I didn't have any. I didn't have no. I didn't have no plan B. I didn't have no not, nothing. So like uni was. I'm thankful for uni because it was a safety net. It allowed me. To, it gave me the time to, you know, chill, breathe, you know, and just like mull it over. Like okay, where do you want to go? Events like what do you want to do now? Like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. So. So I guess that's I guess that's an interesting way of kind of looking at university because I think a lot of people look at university where it's like no I must dedicate myself for three years to get the degree I need so that I can go into the profession I want and you feel like life is mapped out for you but I think being the age we are right now is a kind of thing where when we look back at our time at uni it was like you don't get many opportunities while you're young to really find yourself and yeah. you don't really get that time particularly where you're you know, you don't have many responsibilities, but you're rich on time. So then at least that way you can kind of, again, have those dark moments and it doesn't necessarily impact your long-term prospects. So I think it's interesting that you say that, you know, university kind of saved you in a sense where even though it may not have been the degree you wanted to do, or it may not have been 
you know the direction you felt like you was going or you didn't feel like you was going in any direction but at the same time uni in terms of the structure of it and just kind of having that space to find yourself in whichever way you felt suited is quite of an alternative perspective of how people see university sometimes i think people see university in a quite black and white way as either you go to university and if you don't and if you don't go to university you're not you're unlikely to make it and if you do go to university you need to dedicate yourself from first year to third year but we both know from the university experiences that we had that that actually wasn't the case no not at all you know? not but at all. what kind of like support were you given like were there people or was there any sort of support you got that's kind of helped you along the way because I think something that's not really touched upon is your support network I mean at the time obviously I mean I had you I had uh, my partner at the time as well and um, that they really kept me grounded both of you guys really kept me grounded because you know like if I didn't have any of you guys then you know like I don't know what would happen but um but I mean, it was you guys mostly that got me out of it, as well as myself, you know, like... You Did know. you ever feel like you was depressed? Yeah, yeah, obviously, university is, is like, you know, like, they like they advertise university as, the, you know, the good life, you know, the party and the girls, you know, the, the, the freedom, you know what I'm trying to say? But they don't, but what they don't include in the small print is the times when you're alone the times where things are not going too well, the times when you're ill at uni, um, when you just need your family. So they don't advertise anything. So like those those things were were a reality check. And um yeah, I don't know. Overall uni would just wasn't for me. If I had it again, if I was if I could go back in time and tell myself um tell myself it was it was just finished in college and went back to go to uni, I'll tell myself, you know what? Events, chill like take a year out find out you know like learn about yourself and then if you want to do this uni thing do it again because i feel like i rushed into uni based mm. on family peer pressure and stuff and like mm. the fear of like missing out with my friends all my friends all my friends were going to uni so yeah like i, I feel think, like I, had yeah. to I think a lot of people rush that process i mean even myself i kind of gave into that kind of pressure where everyone assumed i had to go to university everyone expected me to go to university and it's a kind of thing where you may not know you don't really know yourself at 18 you don't really know unless you've really been molded and kind of groomed to go down a certain path to a point where you know it's almost programmed in you to say for example to become a doctor to become a lawyer and so forth yeah. but for a lot of other vocations to say for example you do enjoy wanting to do journalism and in my case wanting to do business you're not necessarily obligated to go down a university route in terms of to be successful down those paths. And I think at 18, 19, you're, you don't really know yourself and it's, you're not really given an opportunity to find yourself. And I think one thing that I think we both kind of didn't have was that luxury to find ourselves. You know, you have to go from college to uni and then fund yourself off student finance without necessarily the help of family purely because your family is not in a position to help you. So you feel like you have to rush through things into a point where you can get yourself into a space where you can sustain yourself. But then what you're doing is you're just trying to play catch up while running away from yourself. And the further you get away from yourself, the less you're going to find yourself. So I think that's the kind of lessons I learned when I was at uni anyway. But um, going back to, you know, support and kind of you know you going through that dark spot and not only that depression as well i mean what did you learn from finding yourself i mean what were the those moments of being alone what did they teach you what did you get what, what was the things that you realized right am i a prick or what was it um one thing i re- i learned was, i learned was that i found my identity i found who i was because that's something i struggled with because that's one of the things, that's that's another thing they don't tell me you go to you any like because there's so many like there's so many different different people in your age group that basically it's basically like imagine like a group of people thrown onto a ship and then you have to it's like you have to adapt or you jump ship and I, at times I wanted to jump ship even though I couldn't swim but um yeah like it's just it's mad like it's such an overwhelming experience and I struggle because obviously there's different society there's ACS there's the Hindu society there's so many societies even like 
there's anime sides so many sides and like you're just wondering which one do I fit into so like I had that bit of an identity crisis like do I fit into this do I fit into ACS I didn't join ACS in yet because I didn't feel I fit into I, I fit in that's why I never really went out I kept to myself and and honed in on my craft that's how that was that was my basically my outlet like when, when, when while everyone's out at liquid or something I was at home you know just trying to learn about myself and better myself so like I'm thankful that I found my identity like I found who I am you know I found I met some good some good people there some you know I made some sort of connections that will never break so um yeah I finding my identity was the biggest was the biggest discovery about myself as well as you know my the passion the strong passion for Ryan but yeah the identity was really is really like important and it's something I'm really thankful for yeah all right so let's let's take this into a different direction now let's look go back to journalism itself what's your biggest gripe with being in your field like what is the thing that really annoys you or what's the thing that you see in terms of in within journalism that really jars you and grinds your gears um the lack of opportunity and the lack of diversity because I was in a, I was in a barber shop um DNLs um and um, Shout out DNLs yeah and then my barber um slider was basically Shout just slider. was basically just joking around and saying because he's asking about my profession right in it and I told him about my problem is that not not a lot of, not a lot of people are reading it he goes I you ever tried changing like changing your 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 alias on 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 your name on online I said what do you mean he goes I mean like if like, cause my name is obviously it's it's, it's French in it, like so like no one no one's really gonna you're gonna read it and gonna think this is not a white person, and because the journalism world is basically majorly white people at the top, there's lack of diversity the higher you go, so um he he jokes around and said uh why don't you change your name to Evan Tyler, um and I he was laughing and I was laughing but when I when I when I finished getting my aircon I got home. It did make sense because if okay, let's say we both have the same. Let's say this. I, I post two or the same articles and I post it online, but at the bottom I put my name, Evans Tiamu, and the other one I put Evan Tyler, and I post it to the mainstream thing. People are more inclined to read a post from Evan Tyler because it sounds more English. It sounds more more white. Mm. I know it sounds controversial, but it's true. Like you know, it's not necessarily controversial, but I think. On the flip side, you could say, are you using that as a crutch? Because granted, I'm not going to dispute the fact that there isn't opportunities and there's a lack of opportunities for those, you know, that are black and ethnic minority and Asian. Do you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, do you feel like, going back to what you said in the very beginning, that you want the credibility of your writing alone and you feel like the credibility of your writing alone can stand on its own two feet? So should should something as arbitrary as a name hold you back when considering no, it, that it, it, writing in itself isn't necessarily, you know, based on who's written it to a certain extent? No, I mean it doesn't hold me back. It just it was just it's, it was just a, a you know a thought provoking thing. Like it did make sense to me. Like although it, it may be seen as arbitrary, like it's not gonna hold me back in it because obviously I want my writing to stand on its own two feet. Like regardless of. If my name is Evan Tyler or Evan Siamu or or Sama Bin Laden, I don't really care. Like I want my writing to. If it was Sama Bin Laden, it would, it would be kind of peak still. It would be kind of peak, but still, you know what I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, like it that doesn't bother me. Like I want my name, I want my name to be remembered and like my name, not some fake alias. So that like I want someone. To, I don't. I'm not gonna hide behind a fake name. Like like it's my reason I post. I'm gonna be like, yeah, Evans wrote that kind of stuff in it. So like get to know in it. So um. No, but like one thing that going back to your initial question about my biggest gripe in journalism, it is a lack of diversity. Although it's changing now, people are like the Guardian are, are offering certain schemes that promote diversity in in journalism and stuff. Mm. But I feel like they could be more done. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like even when you're applying for a job, like we talk about names, like it's seen as arbitrary thing. But even when you're applying for a job, like the word the name Evan Tyler is going to you know I'm not saying all people do it but like you know there is discriminatory in what's it called when applying for jobs that's why some people don't, don't put 
dance for your what's it called um your religion on CVs yeah, and yeah. certain things. So like that's true. You know, I mean, so, you can't dispute those things. I mean, those are just kind of part of the fabric yeah. fabric of the society we live in. And as much as we complain about it, the reality is these kind of discrimi- discriminations are kind of subconsciously done to an extent where you now got jobs or you now got places that will have CVs where they will remove the name from it. Mm. So then that way they're just basing it on the basis of their education, their um, their employment history, etc. But you know, like as as much as there's there's a, I feel like there's a lack of um, of um, diversity. It has strengthened something in me because it's made me it's made me actually not be complacent in my writing because because it made me actually be up all night until four a.m. like on the week on the weekday just trying to hone in on this coach just trying to perfect my writing because I don't think my writing style was perfected yet like just trying to perfect it that's why I'm trying to like double into different different writing avenues like I'm starting to do I started spoken word just to just open my mind up a bit more I do I do poetry I started I'm starting to put, um, publish my poetry because before it was just a more personal thing um, so I'm trying to double in different avenues to strengthen the structure itself to strengthen my mind, mm-hmm. so I'm thankful for the lack of diversity. Because if let's say you know, okay, let's say I was a white person, like white person, white privilege and all that kind of stuff, like you know, I would think my right, like okay, I can get, I can get ahead just on my, just on my color of my skin and my name alone. So it might, it would make me kind of complacent in my mind. I think okay, my writing's cool now. I don't. I guess you skip. see it in a way where you know there's that kind of philosophy of oh, you got to work twice as hard to get half as far. Yeah. I guess you're kind of seeing that as a silver lining or a blessing in a way because you realise that by working twice as hard you're going to be reach your level of perfection or you're going to reach a higher level within your skill set that the person who doesn't have to work twice as hard won't I'm think- yeah, ultimately I'm- the 10,000 hours you're yeah. going to because you're putting in twice the rate to reach that 10,000 hours you sustain and reach a higher level to the yeah. person that only does an hour a day for example yeah, I'm actually thankful for it because like it's made me more. It's made me more hungrier. Like you know, I'm always hungry. Like even if I'm eating, I'm always hungry. Like I'm always trying to just be the best version of myself. Like just because I reach, let's say I set a target myself. Just because I reach a target, I'm not gonna chill. Chill don't pay the bills. So That's I'll, a I'll yeah. <laughs> so I always wanna better myself. I always wanna extend that that ex- keep pushing that that silhouette of the best version of myself keep chasing it 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 like like there's so much knowledge out there you know like so what do you read like what is it that you kind of use to kind of sharpen yourself up I mean you said you do spoken word you said you do poetry and I would imagine as a writer I'm sure you read a lot who do you read what do you read and Um, why do you read well, I I read I read a lot of books and I read a lot of articles and I read a lot of other let's say let's say I'm on Twitter and then someone someone like someone's work is is like retweeted onto my timeline like, be it like a, an artist or a singer or someone that's just done a YouTube cha- YouTube channel like things like that like um I I do all of that because obviously I in there I want to give back in it to people that retweet mm-hmm. me I want to read them not just for the sake of uh, you, uh, I scratch my back. You, um, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. It's because I want to promote. Like it's okay to support other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say. But what do you think about support anyway? Sorry to interrupt you, but like actually, you know, finish what you're doing. We're gonna go on to support in a second. Um. Yeah. So I read a lot of books because I like I like reading. I really like reading that like, because I always feel like when you're reading, you step into another person's world. And I'm thankful for reading because, like, I, I've been in several worlds already. Because yeah. just because I read and read someone's book, like my favorite book is Malcolm X's autobiography. Because that's the that's that's the that's the book that's really had an impact on my life more than any other book I've read so far. In what sense is it for more? Yeah, in what sense has it had impact? I mean, the more like you know, like just. Uh, that's a really I, that's a very very good book. So yeah, it's really good. I recommend everyone to read it, but. Um, just I mean his journey, like his journey is a remarkable journey because obviously he, he like he he came from the the bottom bottom, mm. and he in, I'm not saying he rose to the top, but you know you could say he rose to the top the road the, the top of who he was supposed destined to be for his time his life, you know he like 
the influence he had over people, I guess yeah. you could say that is a top in in many people's world. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's it's not easy to to live a life where you have so much influence and not let that power get to your head. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean that book was just I don't know, like I because I was reading it as well. This was after my dark period in second year, so like, mm. I was reading it and I was just blown away, like. Like this guy is actually remarkable. Like his journey is so inspiring, you know. Um, he's comp- he's compassion for people, and you know, like I was so sad when the book finished. Obviously, I knew I knew he was gonna get assassinated. I knew he was gonna die, but I was so sad when the book finished because I, I I kept telling myself I wasn't finished. I, w- I wasn't done with him teaching me. Like, mm. like I wasn't done with his words of wisdom. I wasn't done with it. So I felt like I felt kind of cheated and rolled. And I just after that I didn't read a book, pick up a book for another four months because I was like, oh, I, was, I mean, no, not four months, four weeks because I wasn't. I was just bare sad that what's it called the book finished. But um, yeah. So I read a lot of books. I set myself for like a a target this year of reading twenty books this year. Okay. And um, it's just, it's it's very achievable. You know, it's just something to keep just keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Because like every time I finish a book, mm-hmm. I buy two more books. Okay. So that's my that's my philosophy. Like every time I finish one, I buy two books. So now I got a bookcase. I might need to buy another one because I'm running out of room. And um, I read a lot of articles because obviously I want to learn different. Uh, read about um learn different people's um writing style in it. So I read the articles just not to be informed and to see how other people will have will write something and how I would write that fit that certain topic. Mm. But with my with my approach, how I can do something different. So I'm always reading like. I have like on my laptop. I have like twenty always. I always have like on average twenty tabs open because of articles I need to read. Mm. So it's just sitting on my laptop. I just need to go and read them and stuff. But um, reading is a very fundamental fundamental part of me. Because do you feel like without reading, you would not have been able to craft your writing to where it is? I mean, what just to the average person? Say, you example, you're not a writer. You're not anything. What do you think the advantage of reading is? Because I feel like, not to sound like such an old person by saying, oh, in my generation and whatnot, but I feel like a lot of young people nowadays don't read as heavily as they used to. And they don't, like, again, going back to what we conversed about earlier in terms of everything so digestible, everything so short form, everything is so 140 characters or less, or, you know, maybe a caption at best, you know, I think there is a key key skill in reading would you think the kind of advantages of reading is to the average person like why would you wholly recommend that someone reads and how do you recommend they get into reading it's solely about getting your point across because <clears throat> i don't know reading helps you because oh, you you learn new words you learn how certain words are formed together so reading has helped me portray my writing better because when you're reading something, you're taking that author's writing style. Mm-hmm. So imagine you're reading like five books. You're taking five different writing styles of of, of books and you know, of story mm-hmm. of storytelling, and I don't know. Like, and then, like, instinctively, you you're just like you start writing. I don't know. You just start writing. But like when I started reading, because I remember my like when I go back to the to my old old post when I first started writing, and I read and I and I read what I wrote, it was. It was informative, but it was still basic. And I'm thinking, you know what? You could have done this better. You could have, because I'm always, I'm all about painting, like painting imagery. Like I want, like when you read my work, I want you to see imagery. So I feel like I was like it rubs you because obviously story like reading books, it's a story. It's like it's it's sole purpose to create imagery in your mind. Mm. So it opens up your mind more to like write like write about a certain topic, but in a different way that yeah. it could you know. I don't know, like, attract the readers and, like, make the reader think more. So, like, reading really has its advantages. No, I hear you. So, in terms of, like, support mm-hmm. and, you know, getting that, do you feel like your peers have supported you? Or is there something, like, you see within the kind of writing community or within, not just on Twitter itself, but in terms of, um, writing can go beyond Twitter in terms of how you share it, but... In terms of the support you're getting from your peers, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like they've been very receptive? Any gripes? 
you know what? I used to think that you know, you know what? Like, um, I feel like my friends could do it more. Like, okay, I tell my friends, look, listen, like, especially because obviously my friends are they love football like football's the passion that's basically what we talk about mm-hmm. so when I write a sports article I'm thinking like yo have a read of this kind of stuff they do read it and some people like will just with, with just, just with tweet it you know like just to get them just to promote it and stuff innit? I used to think like maybe you could do more maybe you could like give me feedback or something or you know tell me anything innit? but I learned that nobody owes me anything that's true friends don't owe you anything just because you're my friend like because they're your friend that doesn't mean they owe you they, they owe you too that is true you know what I'm saying like so it's up to me to convince you convince you yeah like listen like my work could be shit and you're between you're 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 between my shit and other people's timeline then what like no 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 no. I don't want no I mean there is I do want I do want support but to a to a certain extent like I don't want no pity support I don't want you to just retweet my work because I'm your friend I want to retweet it because you read it and you know what this is banging like I want someone else to read it so um and this is why this and this is why I I do that now. That's why I, when I'm on a timeline, I'm just you know going through Twitter and I see someone posted something like that's part of their craft, and I always take the time to look at it. Mm. Like, I'm not gonna I'm I ain't gonna lie, I'm not gonna look at all of it because that's too much. Like I'll be here all day. I will have to live a life in it. But if something catches my eye and I look at it and I read it or I listen to it, yeah. I say you know what this is banking. Let me retweet it because you know yeah. what I'm gonna say. No, I agree. I agree. I think. When I see things on Twitter or when I see things in general that's being posted in terms of like, hey, check this out. I feel like the one thing that a lot of people aren't great at within writing is the art of headline writing. And it's something that I've gotten to you about as well. Yeah. And I think it's like, one thing is that the headline is ultimately the thing that attracts a reader to your work immediately. It's the short, digestible potent one-liner that is going to grab their attention now granted you don't want to go down the clickbait route and kind of mislead and then click onto something and then click off straight away but at the same time i feel like a lot of writers they're so consumed in the long form which is fantastic i love seeing long form writing because i feel like it's a dying art but the headline or maybe even the sub headline that you're doing as part of your post they can be so underwhelming and it's usually they, they just say they seem so informative and so basic yeah. that it just seems like a tweet yeah you know there's there's no potency to it there's no gravitas to it all it ultimately seems like is that it just goes within the mess of the timeline and there's nothing that really makes it stand out so one thing that i think writers that i see you know bloggers or whatever may be the case is that a lot of them aren't too great at headline writing i'm not saying i'm an expert at headline writing yeah. but i've read enough articles to know what catches my attention and what do I. i'm a consumer yeah as a consumer of articles of reading of columns or whatever may be the case a headline means a lot to me because it means that that's the first thing that's going to grab my attention to then dig deeper you know granted you don't want to mislead like i said prior but sometimes you've got to do something that kind of evokes a bit of interest or something maybe even there's controversy you know something along those lines but yeah no i feel you in that i think support is is like you said there's, there's an entitlement culture to support nowadays everyone feels entitled to be supported do you mm-hmm. know what i mean and it's that do you feel like you have to work on your ego in that regard i guess so but my ego is not i've never really had a big ego i've, I've never really f- you know, maybe everyone has ego, man. I know, but I never, I've never had a big ego. I always thought, even when I was, even when I'm writing now, I still don't think I'm a good writer. You know, I mean, like there's certain times I thought, you know what, this is actually good. I mean, when people, but that's ego in itself as well. Sometimes the fact that you don't feel like you're a good enough writer, there's this ego to you, which has there's a sense of irony to it that you feel like you're better than you are. That there is a better version of you that you're still chasing. So therefore, there's an ego involved in that because you're still not at peace with what you've written. So that is that's you could say that that's that's an ego in itself. I guess you're right. Or a manifestation of your ego. Yeah. yeah, but I think I mean I've been told that it shouldn't. I mean, your ego should be the opposite. Like your ego should be you know what like you, what you write like like take pride in what you write I mean I do take pride in what I like kind of stuff but like 
You know what I'm trying to say? Like you, like you would like I wouldn't purposely put something out of that I thought was shit. So I have to. Why not? Hmm? Why not? Because I believe in my talent. Okay, believing in your talent is one thing, and I'm thinking that you should. You don't want to put out something that's shit. Now, again. Because I, I mean, yeah. If I, I don't think wanna... that one thing that I I I I think it was in. I think I listened to it in another interview or maybe case it was like. Once you put it out there, you are no longer the author. It's ultimately other people to write what they want to write about it. That once it's out there, you can no longer control the perception of it. Once it's out there, you have no control over it. It's no longer your art. It's shared art now. How they perceive it, how they consume it, is ultimately their prerogative. You cannot get caught up on the criticism that you brand towards yourself, towards your own writing. Granted, you want to uh, sustain a, a degree of quality control, and obviously you know your own levels of quality, but then it gets to a point here where you could put something out which isn't the greatest, which you feel is subpar, and then that may be the post or the article that gets the most traction to it. Things work in a very ironic way like that sometimes. You know, there's this thing where it's like, even with pictures, even in, in with visual visual elements, to take it to a very superficial level, the selfie that you don't think will bang, you post it up and it's the one that ironically bangs. You know, you're not, you don't have the entitlement and you do not have the, the ability to control what other people think. You know, all you can do is just take on board and that's it. As much as you want to control that in the same way you want to control your writing, I mean, at the same time, you get caught in a space where if you get caught up on that, this is crap, this is crap, this is crap, you're going to have such a backlog of stuff that you could, quite frankly, use that to build your consistency. I do have a backlog of stuff. I have a folder on my, on my, on my, on my desktop that says unfinished articles. You know, like, even with those unfinished articles, imagine if you just turned those into, like... Bite-sized posts. But you know, like that's. I mean, I'm still learning this. I'm still obviously. I'm still learning about myself. You know, I'm still learning that. You know what? Like, not to be so hard on myself. So like, yeah, you know, no, so th- that folder itself, like, and that's obviously you can tell that I'm getting better because that folder itself, that unfinished articles or unfinished projects is getting smaller and smaller. I so you that. know, I'm getting better. Obviously, yeah. I'm just. It's a learning curve for me. You know, I still. Mm-hmm. I still haven't reached my destination yet. But, yeah, no, definitely. Do you feel like? you're under you put yourself as much under pressure as you did maybe a few years ago less so and it's weird because the older you get the more you should feel the pressure but i feel like back then i needed to make an instant mark yeah but it doesn't it's like i learned it i mean it's not i mean it's not always gonna work that way it's never gonna work that way you have to Mm. it's a long journey and i'm all about I'm more about the long journey and appreciating it, like you know, having time to to you know stop and smell the roses and stuff. You know, I need to appreciate the journey, even however long or quick or slow it is. I need to appreciate it, and I feel like I'm appreciating it now. Like you know, with every word that formulates it, which I, with every book I read, with every project that I finish, with every conversation I have with someone, like I feel like I'm just appreciating it more. I'm I'm in the moment more instead of thinking long term. Obviously, I do have a I have an I have an eye on the long term road. Like when I'm when am I gonna get when am I gonna finish? Like when am I gonna get to? I don't know, the next part of my journey. But um, yeah, I'm more about living in the moment right now. You know. I think sometimes we can get too caught up on the journey though. Like we see this long road, or we see, you know, a start point and an end point, and the fact that there's this so-called journey that we must follow and this that we must prod along to. Where the reality is is that the only thing that is apparent is the present it's just a human trait though yeah like we always have to pull like we always have to gauge the distance on everything we do mm-hmm. like even when we're at work i mean we're at work and it's history like oh, when is it going to be five o'clock when, mm-hmm. you know what i mean or when am i going to get married like some people don't get married it happens yeah, no, true. you know some I people think we, some, we have to measure ourselves yeah. some people don't even reach their journey like yeah. you know some people don't yeah most people don't finish their journey but obviously like 
yeah, I'm not trying to get lost too much into the future. I'm just trying to appreciate, you know, appreciate the people I have around me. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for the people I have around me. I'm thankful for the talents that I have. I'm thankful for the talents that I will have. I'm thankful for the, the opportunity to learn new things every single day. You know, I'm thankful for a lot, a lot of things, but um, yeah, man. So with your writing itself, have you ever had like girls ask you to write them like a special piece or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, I've, but I, I, I take it in, but I don't like. I don't like being forced to write. I mean, like when I get into like a job, like when I get into like a journalist, I'll be forced to write about something. But when it comes to something that's something that's personal, yeah. personal shouldn't be forced. Yeah. It should be something that I let out. Like I've like I've written a couple of things about for 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 you know the opposite sex in it, but that's people that, that I've cared about. But you know, they haven't always been good. Sometimes sometimes have been quite negative. Sometimes have been full of love. But, um, but has it been cathartic? Yeah, it has. Because obviously, even though if you go for my phone now on the in the notes app, which is my favorite app about everything, if you if I ask you to see your phone, I'm not looking for your nudes. I'm looking at your notes app because I'm really because it tells me a lot about the person or what they keep in their notes. So um, if you look at my notes app, they're just full of like short pieces or long pieces of just like how I was feeling at the moment, how a certain person made me feel or how I'm doing personally and they're all unfinished but like it's it's very therapeutic as well like it because along it's not stuck in here mm-hmm. it's out there now like I've got rid of that motion like writing things down is very therapeutic and like, I recommend everyone even if you don't think you're a writer I always tell everyone even if you don't think you're a writer you don't have to be a good writer just write whatever you feel because it helps it really does help there's power in the pen and putting it to paper yeah I feel like once you've put it down on paper you've got it out of your mind like you said and I think once it's done it's done it's out there and you're no longer you know dwelling on it I think for me I'm quite lazy so I'm less of a writer but I love conversation yeah so I think for me if I can't speak to someone that is where I get my frustration from purely because that's my way of expressing myself so I think Something like that. I think that's dope advice to tell people to write because I feel like everyone needs their form of therapy, you yeah. know, be it a conversation, be it writing, be it singing, be it dance. And I feel like everyone needs an outlet, a, an outlet, an expression, which is their vice and their therapy to kind of get them by. Most definitely. But, um, yeah, like touching on that kind of thing of like writing and then writing for the opposite sex and this other, do you kind of feel like girls have an expectation of you as a writer as in they assume that you must come out with all these witty things or they must they expect that you're going to write them a love letter and stuff that's, like that that's exactly what they expect they sent me to write something good about them but if you tell me to, if you tell me to write something about someone I'm going to give you the good and the bad and so, is it the fact that they can't take the bad well I don't know I, I've never met a human that would that can take negative criticism like proper on the chin like and mm. not have it affect them in anything well obviously it's going to affect you in this. if it's not not now but it might affect you like down the line or tomorrow or a couple of hours later but yeah. no I mean, when I write things about certain people I tend not to post it I tend not to give even I just keep it within my vault like I write it down but it's not it's not something for public consumption isn't that a bit selfish to the person that you're writing about but it's my emotions Granted, it's your emotions, but if it's written for someone and about someone, I mean, don't you think that will kind of aid the communication between you and them? It could. Particularly if it's someone that you care about and... It could, make a, it could make a break. I mean, like, when people do ask me, I say, yeah, 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 I'll do right. And then I do actually write it. And they ask me about it, like, oh, like, have you written it? But I, I just don't give it out because... I don't know, man. Like, I'm not trying to burn bridges. Not to say it will burn bridges. As you said, it could aid the communication. But humans are fragile. I'm fragile. If 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 someone if I asked someone to write something about me and it was bad as well, but I didn't know it was bad, uh, I'll have to be ignorant to the fact that what you've. I don't know. Like, it's. I think there's an insecurity to that though. I feel like if you're gonna write and you're gonna write about someone then, you know, share it and be real about it. I think sometimes 
again in that same cathartic way you've written it it could then be therapy for them like not all therapy sometimes you have to face your demons to get over them and say for example it may be something where you give you've written something which is the good and the bad about someone giving it to them may give a greater sense of clarity like for me I'm very big on having the most information that possible in order for me to make the best decisions I can. Again, that takes the good, the bad, the ugly for you and everything in between. The more information you give me about a situation or about a person or about how you're feeling, the greater sense of rationality and logic and also just assessment I can apply to therefore make sure that whatever conclusion I come to, be it in terms of my reaction or be it in terms of the next step going forward, it's the most fairest. If it's only where a thing where you're hiding away your aspects of who you are and I can only share with you how I'm feeling, then that's one-sided and ultimately it just feels like a one-way communication and they're, they're just only going by their own presumption and assumptions. So sometimes sharing your pieces about others that you may feel are quite guarded and quite burn bridges as such or may cause volatility you know sometimes you need that in order to bring the you know the calm after the storm not even before the storm i mean i've been asked i've been asked to write certain pieces for someone you know, like, but not like when there's one like there's only been like maybe like one or two people that have asked me to write something that what about i think about them in it like write a piece about it usually they just ask me through like you know whatsapp or iMessage but um I tend not to take on them kind of requests and like nowadays anyway because I don't know I feel like sometimes some people I feel like there's certain things you, you should remain ignorant to that's just what I believe like you don't need to you don't need to know I don't think you don't need to know every single thing about um you know, or I think about you, or I just, I'll just keep having, like, you'll just keep having a problem with someone. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say I lived with you, and I told you about every single thing that I hated about, about, about what you, about, about living with you. Mm. Like, it's tough, like, I mean, some certain things are, certain things are needed, like, to just take with you. Like, if you feel the need that you need to, like, if there's certain things that you want to share, then share. But, selfish or not, like, certain things that you need to keep with, within yourself. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Let's turn the conversation to more of a lighter mood and let's turn it to something a bit more positive in a way. Mm-hmm. What's next to come from you? Like, where do you, what's next in line for you? What are you kind of planning, gearing yourself towards now? Um, well, I, like I said in the start of this, that I just come off the back of like doing hella research, hella brainstorming, meeting new people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, now it's time to put, you know, the plan in action be some f- like do like some actual physical writing because I we like I spoke to you like oh, a couple weeks ago and mm. we, we made a pact that That's we're gonna we're, we're both gonna dedicate six months of ourselves to just self be- yeah, yeah self betterment yeah, self betterment seriously so like I, I don't like to put myself on the timeline and that but six months I'm gonna try use this six months to take, to formulate to train myself, train myself, train myself, and after six months, I'm gonna take a giant jump and see where I land. So yeah, um, there's gonna be a grueling six months. It's gonna be, it's gonna have its ups. It's not gonna be smooth sailing. It's gonna have its ups and downs. But this is, this is where I make my indelible mark. This, this is from from this point is where I'm gonna do it. So yeah. Um, I'm always gonna live by the saying that you know, if you don't know who I am yet, then I'm not working hard enough. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, people know who I am yet. It's cool. That's fine. But you will know who I am in it. So. Amen. Yeah, Inshallah. Amen. I'm telling you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man. This is this. As I said, this six months is what I'm gonna be working up for. Like you know, yeah. our six months. Then you know, we'll see where I land. Then from then, that's why. Then I'll make my observation where I am after the six months mm. um, you know it's six is months. there more writing to come of course there's more writing to come look how my website is now up to date I, I, now, up now right now obviously it was getting it was under construction you know but um, my web designer has gone to it now. he's fixed it now so it's not what's the up. website www.evolution that's y-v-e-v-olution.co.uk 
um yeah go on there like you know see my work if you know i have my check out his work you know make sure you let him know how you feel about it if you ever see my name on your on your what's it called on your twitter feed just rt it man or give me a follow or something you know check it out honestly like i am as much as avenz is my boy he knows i'm probably one of his harshest critics and i'll tell him when something's good and when it's bad and when things can be room for improvement but in terms of his style of writing particularly for those who like sports who like football and just want a kind of alternative take on football in itself in terms of more a literature piece definitely check out Avenger's work i recommend it they're not extensively long they're very easy to digest and you know it gives you a greater insight in terms of the style that he's spoken about so vividly um but yeah is there anything you want to add anything that you want to kind of share in terms of what you got cooking up um well, I got more poetic pieces coming out. I'm doing a lot. Um, gonna start doing more spoken word pieces. I'm gonna update my YouTube channels. Start making. Cause I have, my own, I have my own podcast, the sideline story. Not to you know. Nah, nah. Every, listen, yours. everyone's got a podcast <laughs> nowadays. Free but, the um, conversation. Yeah, sideline story. Keep an eye out for them ones. Um, uh, last piece of advice I'll say is it's okay if you haven't got things figured out yet. Listen, like I still haven't got things figured out yet, but I'm still trying to find you know. I'm still trying to find my way and um i don't I, like i don't have my shit together but you know it's okay you know what i'm trying to say i'm yeah. just trying to get my shit together and then six months i'll be back here and to let you know how the six months went but um yeah man definitely we're gonna catch up we're gonna see where we are at six months both you and i and we'll just thrill the realness once again but that's another episode of finding your forte and as always find your forte live your forte love your forte Find your forte. Live your forte.